Hey, welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles in the year 2024. This podcast is about cybersecurity, entrepreneurship, and business. Each week, I interview an expert working in the field of security. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, an AI vendor management platform for buyers and sellers. For years, as the general counsel for a bunch of different startups, I suffered from what I call the security questionnaire problem. So one day, I figured that if no one else was solving it, I would. I started this podcast because I went running one day and I tried to find a podcast on business, entrepreneurship, and cybersecurity, but I had no luck. So just like how I started ClearOps, I thought I would start my own podcast. Our guest today is uh, is Peter Gregory. And uh, Peter, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And um, I'm looking forward to this episode. Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, It's nice to be here. So I always ask my guests the same first question which is the very open-ended one of please tell us your background and specifically focusing on where your passion for cybersecurity came from. Sure. Uh, So my background, uh, my career began uh, in IT engineering and software engineering, uh, branching off into network and systems and security engineering. Uh, And around 2000, I made a pivot into cybersecurity full-time with security in my title from then until now. I, I have roots as a technologist, but uh, pivoted into management in the early 2000s. Uh, I've built and run uh, full-breadth cybersecurity and privacy programs at uh, name brand companies, uh, both as the cybersecurity leader uh, and also as a, a VC so through uh, Optive Security, where I was uh, uh, an executive advisor for uh, five or six years. Hmm. Was it recently at Optive? As a VC? Uh, Optive, what, the the V my VC so uh, uh, time at Optive was uh, let's see what is this twenty twenty four so about two thousand seventeen to uh, twenty twenty. Okay, the only reason I ask is because the term VC so, I was going to say you must have been one of the early people to use that term. <laughs> uh, could be, could be. Yeah. Um, we we offered it uh, uh, as a part of our uh, risk advisory service uh, starting uh, in around 2014 when I joined the company. Uh, and then I filled that role for a number of different clients, uh, some for part of a year, uh, some for multiple years. Interesting. Um, but I am really interested in a few things I know about your background, both from the promo video we just recorded as well as what you just said, which is... You've written many books. You've been a VC, so you've been in corporate, um, and um, you involved in educating people on cybersecurity programs. You're involved with like SANS, IAPB, a bunch of different organizations. I'd love for you to talk about. I mean, maybe I guess all of that. <laughs> Let's start with your involvement in these organizations to help train people on cybersecurity and where that interest came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, training people on things computer related started actually quite early in my career uh, when I was still working in uh, county government in northern Nevada. Uh, I was tasked with um, learning this new uh, mainframe based computer program called Mapper that was a little bit like. Excel and 
uh, what was Microsoft's uh, little database system? I mean, not SQL Server, but the other one, Access. It's a little bit like Excel, a little bit like Access, and you could build applications and forms and reports and so forth. Uh, and I built some applications there, and then I was asked to do some training session sessions first for our programmers and then later for department heads and county commissioners. So the uh, I was pressed into uh, service to teach others how to uh, understand and use technology. Uh, and I had a great mentor who uh, uh, in, in a couple of whiteboard role-playing sessions, uh, he really helped me how to explain complex technology topics to people who don't understand technology at all. Uh, I rather enjoyed doing that. And then I just kind of kept my eyes and ears open for other teaching opportunities, formal and informal, and, and did a number of little things at different places. I worked over many years. Um, about 12, 13 years ago, I did a two day, um, uh, uh, webinar on uh, identity and access management uh, at our local ISACA chapter. Uh, mm -hmm. Also about, oh, I don't know, 18 years ago, uh, I met up with uh, some of the leaders uh, at the University of Washington and was recruited to revive and teach uh, a certificate program in cybersecurity that was targeting uh, mid-career IT professionals who either wanted to learn more about cyber in the jobs they were doing, or they wanted to pivot into a cybersecurity career. So I was uh, the the course designer and lead instructor for that for about a decade. Uh, then in the early 90s, uh, a colleague pulled me into the publishing industry by having me be what's known as the technical reviewer for a book on database management systems that she wrote. That got me uh, established with Prentice Hall, one of the big tech publishing yeah. companies. And I did several more technical reviewer jobs for them over a few years. And then in 1998 or 99, I had an opportunity to write my first book uh, called Solaris Security, which is, as you might guess, uh, uh, all the detailed recipes for securing the Solaris operating system, which is the operating system initially used to build and run the internet. Uh, the internet was run on Sun hardware and, and Sun OS and, and Solaris, and it was hugely popular in the 90s and going into the 2000s. Uh, that got me established as a as an author. Uh, they apparently liked my work because they asked me to write more books. And then my phone started to ring from other publishers. Uh, so I've found a really niche, uh, uh, kind of a side career, side hustle in writing books. Uh, and the the number of books now is is in the fifties, depending on how you count. And uh, it's it's been a really marvelous opportunity for me to be able to really work out my passion for helping others, helping others, uh, you know, individual, uh, uh, you know, workers in, in companies who are just trying to advance their careers in, in IT and cybersecurity, as well as helping them protect 
their organization. So between books and training and you know university instruction and mentoring uh, a few people here and there, I've been very fortunate being able to help people in all of these different ways. Yeah, I, I mean, and quite prolific, I must say, because fifty books over uh, roughly, you know, twenty-five. I mean, you're you're talking you're talking at least two to three books per year, which is amazing. I have to ask: is this is your interest in both the training, the teaching, and the books purely just because you enjoy it, or has it had any benefits to you in your professional career, business, and otherwise? A great question, Carolyn, and. I, I do really enjoy it, uh, and I, I enjoy the work, uh, and I enjoy the the fact that it helps people, thousands of people, um, uh, advance their careers by learning new skills and even earning certifications, which, you know, for many, you know, opens the door for, you know, new and better and more challenging uh, positions in their careers, and also... Uh, protecting uh, those the organizations where they work uh, more effectively. Uh, the the revenue that comes from it is it's not a lifestyle changer, but you know that's that's a nice side benefit as well. I mean, you know a, a, a good author with you know valuable information to share, you know shouldn't do it for free and we don't. Uh, I mean we we don't get rich either, but uh, it's, it's it's a nice uh, side benefit, uh, you know. We you know get a you know a vacation or something uh, from time to time. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, you know painful. little little benefits like that. Uh, sure. Yeah, um, and then I you know I, I it was this is earlier that I was anticipating talking to you about it, but you've been writing a little bit about AI and responsible AI. You told me you just uh, were doing some some IAPP uh, work on it. Is this the next, maybe the next publication that you're thinking about, or are you? What are you thinking in terms of helping people with responsible AI and and having a good AI assessment process in place for their businesses? Uh, I I think it's going to be a really big deal. Uh, so the training course I I completed was uh, the AI governance uh, certification training from IAPP, and by by the way, that course was was really quite good. And, you know, I received, you know, no remuneration for, for, for making that recommendation. I just found that it was quite good, uh, especially for something that they probably had to throw together in fairly short order since, you know, AI has kind of exploded onto the scene. And I, I think is going to prove, AI, I think, is going to prove to be even more impactful than the internet itself when the internet became a thing in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yep. Yeah. I well, I agree. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what you're doing currently at GCI. Ooh, at GCI, I'm the senior director of uh, Cyber GRC, and I have uh, uh, four teams led by managers working for me. And some of the programs and functions I'm responsible are responsible for include risk management security policy, security controls, privacy, records management, which also includes data governance and data classification. Uh, also business continuity, disaster recovery planning, and crisis management. Uh, also 
Ah, what else is there? Uh, I mentioned privacy, um, records management. I'm, I'm leaving out an area. Ah, third-party risk management, also very important to us. Um, so those are among my main responsibilities. Um, identity and access governance is another one. And then AI governance is, uh, is a, a program and a function that I'm building right now. Okay. And so at, at GCI, you work with companies with when they have requirements of, of any of the requirements that you just listed, right? Um, no, not so much. So GCI is is a telecom organization. We are, you know, a wireless company. You can go down and you can buy one of these from them um, okay. and sign up for cellular service and you'll get cellular service on their own network throughout Alaska. Um, you can get cable TV, cable modem, cable internet, uh, uh, landline phones. If you if you still want to, you know, do the old, you know, dial tone service, uh, uh, as well as uh, fiber uh, and microwave uh, throughout the state for data communications, uh, voice and data out to uh, military installations, uh, some of which are in the middle of nowhere. Also to the dozens, if not hundreds, of uh, remote villages throughout Alaska from the Panhandle up to the Arctic Ocean. Wow. And, and just for the listener, um, when Peter said one of the eights, he was shaking. He was showing me his phone. <laughs> um, oh, right. Yes. <laughs> um, interesting. So so what what led you to join? What was interesting about going into corporate at GCI versus all the, I mean, you volunteer at different organizations. Uh, it looks like you, you know, you, like you said, like what we talked about before with the teaching, the training, the books. What what keeps you, I guess, is the question, in house as well. Well, everybody's got to work somewhere, and uh, you know, my my career uh, is is one where I've gone back and forth between consulting and working in. Uh, either small government at the at the beginning of my career, uh, or you know, consulting or working in public and private companies. Uh, so I've uh, and I've been in uh, a number of different industries as well, uh, from you know, including telecom and software as a service, um, nonprofit, legalized gaming, uh, brick and mortar, and online retail. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, a little bit of other things. Uh, so my my career is pretty pretty varied. Uh, I haven't spent my entire career in one industry sector, but I've I've been hopping around. But back to your question, you know, we all have to work somewhere. And um, uh, I joined Optiv because it was a great opportunity to grow and and to get in front of customers, which I you know, really like doing. Uh, and one of those uh, one of those customers uh, that uh, I ran into at Optiv was GCI in Alaska. And uh, after several years, um, uh, the opportunity to go and work at GCI uh, uh, became known to me. And uh, knowing uh, a bit about the company and having met many of the senior leaders, uh, I had thought from the moment I met them that this is a company I could go and work for. Although I doubt I'll ever have the opportunity, but then, you know, here he came, and and uh, about four years ago, uh, I I did have the opportunities to join them, and and did so, and have been having a great time since. 
So what are the biggest challenges in telecom when it comes to cybersecurity right now? Like, what are you focusing on? I know you gave us a bunch of things that you, you do for them, but when it comes to your priorities, which ones are the ones that are top of mind for you right now? Well, one thing that especially consultants begin to lose sight of is doing cybersecurity in a in an organization and getting things done is really hard. We are change agents, and uh, as change agents, it is it is our job to change the culture and change the way that people work. Uh, so it's a lot of it is about influence. Uh, it's about listening and and ultimately uh, success. Uh, from my perspective. Uh, has everything to do with improving uh, the cybersecurity posture of of an organization, whether it's my employer or uh, a client of mine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that's actually that makes me want to ask a question. So, if you were to give advice to someone who's a VC, so right now, who is trying to work with, say, a large company um, like GCI. How would you tell them, or what would you tell them in terms of how to address the thing that those pain points that you just said that you have to work within the organization, you're a, a leader in, in the change of of you know being a thought leader even within your own organization? How do the VC so say to themselves or talk to you and say, I I how do I change my pitch to address that versus? you know, my tactical pitch of, well, I, I do, you know, risk assessments and I do gap analyses and I, this is just the thing I do and that's what I can help you with. So the the thing with the with a VCSO engagement is is a number of things. So one is is why is the client organization hiring me as a VCSO? What is it they're trying to get done? Do they know what they need to get done? Do they know that there are cyber risks and that they need to make changes in the organization? Or are they trying to check the box and establish more of the appearance of security versus the fact of security? So mm -hmm. the the reason why an organization is hiring a VCSO is going to vary a lot, either because they know they need to be better or they've been breached and they don't want that to happen again uh, or uh, their peers have been breached or they are getting pressure from customers to improve their cybersecurity. Um, th there can be a lot of different factors that uh, or, or approaches that, that a VCSO needs to take based on what the client needs. And it's really important to understand that up front because as a VCSO, we can go running full speed in any of multiple directions. We can work on the culture. We can work on the tooling. We can work on how IT or product development do what they do and try and gently uh, you know, insert or shim in uh, additional processes or steps in their processes to improve security and get security into those processes, you know, where it makes sense and where it can make the biggest difference. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I really think that's great advice for anyone who's listening. Um, have a, I have a few more questions for you. I know we're running close to time, but I, I um, the first one is, what do you think about certifications in cybersecurity industry specifically? 
good thing, go get it. Doesn't matter as long as you have the experience. You know, people have uh, ranging opinions on that topic. Well, great question. I have a bit of a bias here, having written study guides for numerous certifications, including most of the top cybersecurity certifications in our industry today, like CISSP, CISA, CISM, CRISC, uh, are, are the well, top yeah. ones yeah. that I've written books for. Um, certifications are a, a demonstration of the commitment on the part of the cert certificate holder that they have wanted to learn and master um, some knowledge and skills. Um, it's uh, it, it's a, a good way to, uh, for an employer who is looking for cybersecurity uh, staff or management or leaders to mention the desire for certain certifications that are in the areas where they need a candidate to have uh, strength. Um, but a certification does not mean you can do the job. It doesn't mean you even know how to get along with people. Uh, so yeah. certifications are very important, but organizations need to understand the whole person that they are uh, considering hiring or, or you know, having as a, as a consultant for them. Uh, it yeah. really, certifications address the the hard skills but not the soft skills absolutely i love that um okay so you've written as you said over 55 books can you maybe name your favorite or your top three favorites that you've written sure um one of my best-selling books is the cism all-in-one exam guide uh mm -hmm. and I've, the first and second editions of that book and also companion a practice exam book uh, with like hundreds of practice exams, both in hard copy as well as online uh, to simulate taking you an ex exam. Oh, okay. Thank you. I have another reader. Uh, CISA book is, is doing very well. It's in its fourth edition and I'll be working on the fifth edition um, this year. One of my favorites, though, is is a book I've wanted to write for a very long time. It's called The Art of Writing Technical Books. Um, hmm. And it's it's a book that I've uh, wrote a couple of years ago. Uh, I had a bunch of uh, uh, people I know review it to ensure that it includes everything it needs to. Um, and because I've written so many books, I get approached uh from lots of people who want help or just want to understand how the publishing process works. And I'm and I'm willing to help people, but I thought this doesn't scale very well. I really need to get this book done so I can get it out there. And then, you know, hundreds of thousands of of readers can read this book and decide whether getting published is something that they want to do. Because this book is about is about the mechanics and the procedures and and what it's all about how to get a book published, but it's also about the lifestyle. Because if you decide to be a writer and you also have a day job, then there are consequences to uh, choices like that. And I and I go fully into uh, what it's like to, you know, have have a, a a big side hustle that takes time and energy. 
Yeah. No, I, well, I love the entrepreneur in you in, in how you're not only writing the books, but you're thinking about how the conversations you've had with people where they ask for your help and how you can get to more people with using your entrepreneurial writing books skill set. I mean, it's it's really cool. I can almost spend the entire session here talking about that. But unfortunately, we're out of time. And I have so I have one last quick, really quick fire question I love to ask people, which is what is the number one security tip that you tell your friends at dinner parties or social events? Oh, security tip it's social events. Gosh, it's uh it's it's hard. There there are so many things that consumers need to be doing that they often don't do very well. But I'd say one of the top things that I recommend is get a password vault program, mm -hmm. use it to create good random passwords, use different passwords for every site that you visit and use, and get into that habit of of using that password vault get, that will produce for you strong random high entropy passwords that are very difficult for uh, cyber criminals to crack. And coupled with that is every site that you use, if they offer multi-factor authentication, definitely sign up for it and get it working because the, these two things will go a long way towards uh, preventing uh, a cyber criminal from um, being able to successfully take over an account that could uh, have have pretty crazy uh, financial consequences. Yeah, good advice. Love that. And on that note, uh, we have run out of time. I appreciate, uh, Peter, so much that you joined us today. Um, for you who's listening, Peter Gregory is our guest. And you can find this podcast on our Substack at the Security Expert Marketplace, as well as on Apple Podcasts. Peter, again, thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk. We'll talk again hopefully soon. Thank you so much, Carolyn.